Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, Fight Night with Adam Catterall on Talk Sport. Good evening and welcome to Fight Night on Talk Sport. Hope you are well. Lots going on in the world of boxing and fight sports this week, of which we'll be discussing throughout the course uh, of the next few hours. Myself, Adam Catterall, John Rowling and Glenn McCrory with me in the studio. It's a big night for Tony Bellew. Can he become the fifth Briton? to be classed as undisputed in his respective uh, weight category. Um, also, we're going to be talking about Floyd Mayweather in Japan, the World Boxing Super Series, uh, and Josh Taylor's fantastic performance last week uh, will also uh, be on the show. Uh, gentlemen, how are we? We well? Very good, thank you. Look Absolutely. at this. I am in... Uh, I am in uh, I am in uh, serious company tonight. It's, it's like being with boxing royalty with you two here tonight. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're in our, we're in our uh, more relaxed mode tonight. Uh, big night for Tony Bellew. Uh, Glenn, obviously, this is a division that you know extremely well. Uh, for people that don't know too much about Alexander Usyk, this is a real deal type of fighter, isn't he? Unbelievably. He is He is. You know the best in his division. He's got all four titles as an amateur. He was... He was Fantastic! Winning Europeans, Worlds, Olympic gold medal in in 2012. So he's he's done everything, and he's only had 15 fights. He's off that that conveyor belt that mm. the Ukrainians seem to have of just you know bringing us fantastic amateurs and then turning into professionals. John, at the end of the World Boxing Super Series, when he became the undisputed champion after a fantastic performance. Um, not only against Gassiev, but Bredis in the semi-final as well. Were you surprised that the first name out of the man's mouth was Tony Bellew? I was. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think probably Tony was as well. He mm. was on he was on his honeymoon, wasn't he? And mm. Watching watching the thing, and uh, and I think he in his mind he was thinking I might have another fight, I might not have another fight. His new wife obviously didn't want him to have another <laughs> fight, and then he's 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 listening on. And he hears Usyk call him out. So, you know, I mean, the warrior in him, that's why he responded. He could probably have made more money fighting Dillian White. Mm. But, he want, you know, hearing that, the one thing he's not got is to be able to walk away from the sport saying he's the best, the best undisputed, indisputably in the world. And I think that's what drives him. Because if he wins tonight, he can walk away. If he chooses to retire, he can walk away saying, yeah, I beat the man. To put this into perspective for people that don't know too much about boxing, very rarely do we get 
uh, a fight where I know that Alexander Usyk comes into this fight as the undisputed champion, mm. but it's very rare that a British fighter or fighters in general get the opportunity to fight for everything in their respective weight category. Don't very, they? very rare indeed. I mean, you look at the performances over the years and the great British wins. I think really, if if he wins tonight, it's going to be up there on a par with maybe. You know, Lloyd Hunnigan yeah. going to Atlantic City in 1985 or whenever it was to beat Donald Curry. Mm. It's that sort of stature of performance if he can pull it off because already people are saying Usyk, from what he's done already, I've, I've seen people saying they think that Evander Holyfield apart, he's maybe the best cruiserweight there's ever been. That's a big call, mm. but he's obviously a serious talent. Now, I go along with a lot of what those people are saying. He's definitely in my top five pound for pound currently active at this moment in time would you go along with that Glenn? you you have to you've got to see you know he's only had 15 fights and yet you know in his 10th fight he became world champion 15 fight became undisputed champion you know and you look at the opponents he's fighting you know the, the caliber of opponent murat gaziev 26 and oh mm. bradus 23 and oh glowaski 26 and 0. All world champions as or, well. Or, you know, so it's it's that sort of caliber that he's just went he's went through the very best the very best fighters in, in the division. Mm. A lot of people might not necessarily know too much about the cruiserweight division. They see obviously in Great Britain Tony Bellew's name. I know he stepped up and went into heavyweight. But that cruiserweight division, the names that you have just mentioned there and their records, these guys are no mugs. It's a it's one of those divisions that for me, he's probably the most competitive out of them all. Like you've just mentioned, Gassiev, Bredis, uh, Glowacki, all those types of characters. Dordacos, the, the proper, Cuban, you know, the, proper fighters, some, some terrific fighters, great athletes. So it is, it is, it's, it's a fabulous, very, very competitive division. Which the cruiserweight division has has often, you know, for so long was in the in the doldrums a little bit. It, it just sits in the shadow of the heavyweight division. Everybody mm. likes to see the big guys. But, you know, you often find that you, you see a lot more action with the cruiserweights because they're still light enough to let their shots go. They're much more athletic. So you see some, some great fights. And, um, you know, obviously, Evander Holyfield was was probably the best of them all. Mm. So, um, you know, he's um, a great one to, to follow. I actually followed him. <laughs> if, if, you, if, if you look... Just if, put that in there. <laughs> yeah, you've got to put that in, haven't you? <laughs> if you? If you look back at his record, though, I mean, he had a win, uh, his second defence, this is Usyk, mm. of his uh, WBO title. His second defence was against Michael Hunter, mm. who at the time was undefeated. And we saw Michael Hunter last time out go and school the big heavyweight Martin Bacoli. You know, I mean, this is this is the level he's at, and he had a wide, wide points win against Hunter. And Hunter actually in that fight, he had a real good go at him. I actually thought it was oh, yeah. quite competitive early on in that particular fight. But again, the thing about Usyk that impresses me so much, and we, I mean, a lot of people who watch the World Boxing Super Series maybe have got this impression from him: the semi-final to the final, two very, very different performances. This guy's not one-dimensional. He can do the lot. He can box. He can fight, he can do it on the back foot, on the front foot, he can do the absolute lot. And I think the key to it, Glenn, is his footwork. I've never seen a cruiserweight with footwork like that. He moves more like a super middle. He does. Um, so, so talented, does so many, so many good things. You know, he really is something special. But, you know, there's always a chance in there. And, you know, what he doesn't have is ferocious punch power. You know, he's, he's a good puncher. He throws an awful lot of punches. He's in great, great shape. Prides himself on how hard he works in the gym. And the sparring partners say it's amazing how hard he works in the gym. And that's why he's got, you know, he's very, very confident because, because of that. 
But you know the power. You know he's not a big, he's not a devastating one punch hitter. But we've we've also got to look at the caliber of fighter that he's in there. You know, often it, it you know it's a lot harder to knock out guys of of, mm. of that caliber that he's been fighting, and he has been fighting a lot. He's still got a seventy three percent KO record. So to have that amongst the quality of fighters he's got, you know, he can hit hard enough to get respect, but not devastating, which gives, which you know. Gives Bellew a, sh- a chance, doesn't mm. it? It gives Bellew a shot because you know he is yeah. he is a, he is a good puncher. He is strong at cruiserweight. He is a, in the division that that is you know that's where he was comfortable. That's his best. That's his best division. That's where he was champion. Mm. Well, that's the the, the, the Jeppy in this fight, and I suppose that's what's caught the imagination of a lot of fight fans. Is that I think the majority will concede that Usyk is by far the superior boxer. He's got the silkier skills, and he could probably outbox uh, Tony quite comfortably for twelve rounds. However. That one-punch knockout factor, that X factor, that little bit of jeopardy in there that Tony Bellew most certainly has, and he's proven that at Cruiserweight, is what's probably captured everybody's imagination, John. Well, yeah, and and Dave Coldwell, Tony's trainer, has said that he's seen things in Usyk which he thinks that Tony's going to be able to exploit. Now, I don't think he's seen very much from the final against Murat Gassiev, when Mm. Gassiev... You could argue he didn't really turn up, or you could put it another way and say Usyk didn't give him the chance to turn up and he just produced from his southpaw style a pretty complete performance. But if you look at his semi-final performance against uh, Myris Bradis, that was a very much closer fight. It was only a, a majority decision. And Bradis had some success going to uh, Usyk to the body. And I think that probably... You know, they've looked at it, they've studied it, and they thought that if you can get your jab off, I think that's the absolute key hmm. because Gassiev just couldn't establish his jab at any stage. He let he let Usyk get into a rhythm, which is absolutely, you know, if you do that, if you let him get into it's a over. rhythm, it's all over. Hmm. But if you can get to him and put him under some sort of pressure, maybe get to the body, maybe find a way to get the gloves down, hmm. then who knows, maybe a chance. And well, Tony really believes it. That's and, I think, and I think that's an important factor. Hmm. I don't think it's just words. I think he genuinely thinks that he can win this fight. Definitely, I think he he really is. He, he he's got that confidence about himself, and I think the, mm. the David Hay wins. You know where he was. You know, everybody sort of written him off there, yep. and he came through and, and had some spectacular, you know, two spectacular wins. That's given an awful lot of confidence. The mm. way he the way he beat a good quality heavyweight and the style he beat him in that's that's really lifted him a bit. So I think he feels you know confidence is a great thing. If you go in the ring, he's remember he's got he's got. Uh, the local crowd behind yeah. him, so he's got the support. Uh, he's got confidence. He's coming in with nothing really to lose. He's, he's had said his intentions to retire. This is going to be his last fight. So he's just, it's going to be one of those where I think he's just going to go for it. Mm. Uh, we've got more on uh, Alexander Usyk versus Tony Bellew. Uh, we'll expect him in the ring between quarter past 10 and half past 10, and we'll be talking you through that fight a little bit later on. There's lots to talk about in the world of boxing. Coming up next, uh, we're going back seven days to Glasgow and a mesmerising performance from Josh Taylor. Fight Night with Adam Catterall on Talk Sport. A lovely roll to make the angle for the shot. Final of the World Boxing Super Series. 
Uh, Josh Taylor last week was absolutely superb in Glasgow, defeating Ryan Martin to progress to the semi-finals uh, of the super lightweight uh, tournament season two well and truly underway and he takes on uh, Ivan Boranchik for the IBF uh, Championship in his next fight. Uh, just a quick one before we move on to talking about that. Um, Anthony Crawler's just made his ring walk. He's taking on uh, Daoud Yordan. Uh, John will be keeping his eye across that. It's a, an eliminator for Lomachenko. There you go. <laughs> be careful look. what you wish yeah, for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good luck, lads. <laughs> uh, earlier on, Dave Allen came through against uh, Cyril Leone. It wasn't the most of impressive uh, performances. He did that in seven. Ricky Burns knocked out uh, Scotty Cardle and Josh Kelly within one round took care of uh, Fabian Castillo. We'll keep you across everything uh, that's happening at the arena in Manchester this evening. But back to Glasgow last week. Josh Taylor. Every time I see this kid, I'm more and more and more impressed by him. Where are you at with this uh, Titan Tornado? I'm with you. I think right since he turned pro, he's just looked. He's looked excellent. You know, he's looked. He's he's such a talent. He's a great amateur, and, and he's just extending that into the into the professionals. And, and you know, I think he, he can beat anybody. He's he's mm. that good. I was a little bit harsh on his opponent in the in, in the direct aftermath of last weekend, Ryan Martin. Um, he froze in the headlights. He didn't necessarily turn up. But kind of what John was saying a couple of moments ago regarding Usyk and Gassiev, Gassiev didn't necessarily turn up in that World Boxing Super Series final. But was it because Usyk didn't allow him to do it? And as the dust has settled this week, I thought, is Josh Taylor actually better than I even think he is with him being able to do that to an undefeated fighter last well, week? Well, I thought he was absolutely outstanding last week. And, uh, you know, I mean, I did a bit of homework on, on the guy who was fighting. And, yeah, everybody, everybody who spoke about him said this guy is for real. He can punch, he can fight. And Josh made him look so ordinary, didn't yeah. he? He absolutely boxed his ears off. And, and rightly, he's, he's, he's developing an amazing following up there. And, uh, and, and he's deserving it. I thought he was absolutely outstanding last week. Mm. We couldn't beat fighters that 22 and 0 yeah. w- w- with, that, with that sort of ease. I mean, really, you know, he's a, he's a great talent and uh, very, very exciting. I mean, you know, we've had some great <laughs> Scottish boxers and um, especially Edinburgh, Ken Buchanan. And he's, yeah. he's you know, he's. He's filling them sort of shoes. You can see him. You can see him. You know, making making great headway. Mm. Well, we've seen one of them tonight, haven't we? We've seen Ricky Burns, yeah, uh, in action, getting a, a fourth round victory against Scotty Cardle in his fifty first professional <laughs> fight. I mean, Ricky's been around a long time. He's still. He's shown tonight that he's still got a bit left, and mm. he'd like to have a rematch against Anthony Crawler. I'm mm. sure that's the fight that he'd be gunning for. But you know, I mean, Ricky's coming towards the end of his career. Inevitably, he's 35 years old, and it's the nature of sport. Mm. Exit the king, enter the new king. That's and it. that could well be the kid we saw last week. It certainly mm. looks like it. Well, his next fight is for the IBF crown in the in the super lightweight uh, division against Boranchik. It will, I think Boranchik will ask him a lot more questions than Ryan Martin did the first time uh, last weekend. Boranchik, who uh, fought uh, Anthony Yijit in his uh, quarterfinal, I thought was ferocious. He's like he's a bull, strong, he's like he's a bull in a china shop, isn't, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah undefeated. Undefeated as well. Yeah, he'll 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 ask different sorts of questions, and that's what you want this stage in his career. Mm. You know, well, it's fighting for a world title. You expect him to. You don't want an easy. It's not going to be easy. It's got, it's got to be. It's got to be hard. You know, but I think he can go on and and, and do. You know, a lot better. I think he's a he's a terrific fighter. Mm. And then obviously, if he comes through that, the possibility in his next fight of unifying. Uh, I'm going to predict maybe Regis Progress comes through the other semi-final. So him versus Progress, I mean, there's another guy undefeated, very slick, can whack a bit. 
absolutely impressed me so much in his quarterfinal. That is a beautiful matchup, isn't it, between is, those two? Isn't this the beauty of the Super Series as yeah. well? You're actually getting these fights happening. The best against the and best, that's, yeah. That, that's, that's what they wanted to see happening, and it's what is happening, and, mm. and, and it's a great format. Mm. The first season, obviously, was the the crowning of Alexander Usyk. A lot of people in the boxing game knew exactly who he was from his amateur pedigree. You don't become um, world and uh, European amateur champion and Olympic champion without uh, catching the eye of people in the world of boxing. Um, but for the just the average fan, maybe the football fan that was tuning into that, this World Boxing Super Series really is bringing and making superstars because there's a lot of guys that are coming through this particular um, tournament uh, franchise that not a lot of people know about. Now, everybody knows who Usyk is. Everybody knows who Callum Smith is, for example, mm. who obviously won the super middleweight division mm. last year. This is an opportunity for Josh Taylor to really establish himself as one of the kings in the world. It is. And, you know, it, it's got the global appeal. You know, mm. the competition's got the global appeal to really get noticed. And that's, that. you know, that's why, you know, his manager, Barry McGuigan, put him into the competition. And I think to give him the biggest possible stage he can get to make him into that sort of big star. Mm. Regarding, and we mentioned this regarding uh, Usyk earlier and Lomachenko, his mate. Guys that have not had too many uh, professional fights, illustrious amateur pedigrees, and then basically fighting for world titles. Lomachenko in his second fight. Um, Usyk becoming world champion in his 10th fight. Josh is only in teens when it comes to fights as well, and he'll be fighting for a world title next up. Is that becoming the norm now, that people don't need 20, 30 fights as a build-up in their professional career before they're fighting for the elite prizes? Uh, Well, I think it's because the... The amateur division, you know, the amateur game is so competitive, and I mean, it's 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 also raised its profile massively, hasn't it? There's, mm. There seems to be a lot more a lot more fighters that are getting into amateur boxing. It's very very competitive, and I think you know you're finding fighters that are the, the Ukrainians are having 300. You know, they they've got records of 380 and 360 yeah, yeah. amateur fights. I think Lomachenko lost one, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> and then avenged it, but they have. They have unbelievable records, so they've got the experience. You know, Usyk came into the the professional ranks late. You know, he'd had a, a stellar amateur career, so you expect him to move very, very quickly. Mm. Three hundred and fifty amateur fights. I mean, that's that's just unbelievable, isn't it? Mm. At the very highest level as well, yeah, all over absolutely. the world. So the experience is there, and therefore you can speed people along. I think we kind of forget as well. I know that Anthony Joshua, for example, didn't have. Um, as an extensive amateur career, but he has got a gold medal from the uh, London Olympic Games. And we, we, we kind of forget that he became a world champion, still necessarily a baby in, in, in the heavyweight game. A lot of fight fans, maybe new to the sport, think that that is now the new norm, don't well, they? Well, he's, I mean, Andy Joshua's been on a, a, on a learning curve as world champion. You know, he's, he's mm. developing, you know, the last few fights, you know, as world champion, you can see him improving with each fight. So he's still, he's still developing as a fighter. Mm. Um, it is going to be interesting to see where the where the next um, cycle of these amateurs. I mean, we just seen Josh uh, Kelly in action tonight. I know that he's stepping up, uh, taking on um, um, a, a more esteemed opponent next time out. I think it's December the eighth that he's going to be out on the Kelbrook undercard. But we are going to start seeing these guys like Josh Kelly and the kids that came through the London Olympic Games really stepping up, again, still only as babies. They've only had very limited amount of uh, experience in the pro game. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think they have to, don't they? they? They have to. They have to get in there and, and get in decent fights as quick as, as, quick as they can. Mm. I mean, it, it's, it is very, it's very competitive, but it's very exciting. People are not... 
well, there was once upon a time when a promoter could could give his fighters, you know, Mexican road sweepers, we used to say, and all that, and bring <laughs> the fighters in and build them up with, yeah. with big records. The game's now, changed. It's changed. Well, because everybody can... The you can't hide the fighters it, away. The internet, once upon yes. a time, you used to get these guys who were almost like horse traders. Yeah, yeah. Who used to... Who used to you know, field these opponents and bring them in. And we, you know, I mean, we were specialists. I was a specialist boxing journalist and uh, and reporter. And a lot of the guys who you're looking at, you, you, it was impossible that you could have seen it. Mm. Well, the internet, of course, has changed all that. Now, there are no secrets. You know, if somebody's a bum, exactly. then you know. Mm. Um, regarding the the fight that's currently going on at the uh, Manchester Arena, I don't know if you've been keeping across I it have. there, uh, John. I've been watching it very closely. We've had the first round of Anthony Crawler's fight against uh, Daud Yordan, mm -hmm. uh, an Indonesian, and Crawler's made a really good start. Very bright opening. Second round's just got underway, but he looks as though he's got the better hand speed. Anthony Crawler looks very, very sharp in there, and he was having some success to the body and for the most part bossed the round he, he landed one particularly sweet left uppercut and Jordan apart from a little flurry in the last few seconds of the round and he's coming on a little bit stronger here in the second but the first round clearly went to crawler regarding uh, where Anthony's at Glenn obviously this is a lad that has been world champion he got in there with Jorge Linares on a couple of occasions and I think a lot of people will concede by the end of the second fight he was well and truly outclassed by uh, one of the pound for pound best on, on the planet. How difficult is it to come again? You know, once, once you've climbed the mountain, you've done everything, you've achieved all your dreams, how difficult is it to go once again to try to become a two-time champion? You know, for, for some fighters, and Anthony's one of those fighters, it, it's not that hard because remember, you know, who would have thought he'd be at this level already when he was getting yeah. beat off the, the likes of Gary Sykes and Derry Matthews? When he was getting, you know, you would never have thought he'd done that, but... You know, he's just kept at it. He's kept to his game. He's he's worked hard. He's always tried to improve himself and improve the quality of fighter. And I think your fighters can, can last a bit longer these days. You know, they've got um, the, the training, the, the, the fitness, the, the, the people around them and all that protecting them. And I think... You know, you see they have they're having longer careers and better careers and, and Crawler, you know, Crawler can, can go on. There's still there's still some good fights in him and he's enjoying it. Mm. And I think we just saw Ricky Burns, you know, this the same thing. I mean he's in his fifty odd odd fights. Yeah. But you know, he still still looked in good shape and put a great knockout together. The, 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 sorry, John. He enjoys working with Joe Gallagher as well, doesn't he? And mm. they, he does. they clearly have a very good relationship and I think the Joe Gallagher style of fighting, you know, every trainer has a, has, has a basic style yeah. and the way in which Joe Gallagher gets his fighters prepared and the style in which he has them taking into the ring, I think it suits Anthony Crawler. Mm. It's, it's definitely made him a better fighter mm. in the time that he's been working with him. Uh, well, if he comes through tonight, he will be mandatory for uh, the WBA uh, version uh, of the lightweight crown, which is currently held by Vasil Lomachenko. Um, hopefully, that gets made in the UK, so we all get to go and sit ringside and watch uh, the uh, Strictly Come Dancing version of uh, <laughs> Vasil Lomachenko's footwork, which is absolutely outstanding. Uh, do stick with us. There's still lots to talk about. Um, Floyd Mayweather had a little bit of a debacle in Japan this week. We'll get stuck into that. We'll also keep you across everything that's going on at the arena in Manchester tonight. Anthony Crawler in the ring at the moment. Coming up next as well, don't forget, it will be... Uh, the undisputed cruiserweight championship between Alexander Usyk and our very own Tony Bellew. Fight night with Adam Catterall on Talk Sport.
You listen to Fight Night on Talksport with me, Adam Catterall, John Rowling, and Glenn McCrory uh, are with me, keeping across everything that's going on in Manchester uh, this evening. Don't forget, it's Tony Bellew versus Alexander Usyk for all the belts in the cruiserweight division. The Ring Magazine belt on the line as well. Uh, Don McGuinness is actually in attendance uh, in Manchester, and he is ringside with Tommy Hearns. Thomas, fantastic to see you in Manchester. Firstly. What are you looking forward to most tonight? Obviously, the main event, Usyk Bellew. Well, I'm, I'm looking for a good fight. I'm hoping some action tonight. And a man we're willing to put out and show, show the world that he wants to win the fight. He wants to be champion of the world. Now, you are a man with more pedigree than just about anybody on the planet in terms of winning divisional belts and all the rest of it. Tony Bellew, do you give him much chance against this fellow Usyk, who is a, a real monster, as Bellew himself says? You know, I don't know who who goes to fight in the championship fight, but you know, I hope that whoever fights for the championship will I work for. You, you must put in the work. If you don't put in the work, you're not, not going to get anything out of it. And how's things with yourself anyway? Obviously, again, I can see the reception when people see you here tonight and they remember those fights. So far, so far, everything's been wonderful. I'm, I'm enjoying myself here in, in, in London. Awesome, awesome time. Well, enjoy the fights tonight. It's great to see you. Thank Looking you very much. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. All the best. Uh, Don McGinnis ringside at uh, the arena in Manchester with Thomas the Hitman Hearns. He could do a bit in his time, couldn't he? He certainly could. One of, <laughs> one of, my, one of my heroes. An absolute... What a fight that is. I, I can't imagine there's too many people out there who've not seen it, but if you haven't seen it, <laughs> go and go and get on YouTube. Get his fight against Marvin Hagler in 1985, was it, Glenn? Yes, the first like three minutes, the best three minutes you'll ever see in any fight anywhere. And if you want to see a, a Tommy Hearns knockout, and, and I, I hate at the time because he knocked out one of my heroes, but watch him against Roberto Duran yeah. when he puts you know, allegedly Switches the face, out, first, yeah. face first into the canvas that's mm. some puncher Tommy Hearns mm. uh, just a quick one before we uh, talk Floyd Mayweather in Japan um, John I know you're keeping right across Anthony Crawler against Dowd Jordan at this moment in time which is a WBA eliminator uh, Crawler comfortable in the first round yeah. but uh, the tide might have turned just a slight touch well Jordan looking very strong the Indonesian he's really coming after him I think he won the second round third round tight one and I found it very difficult to split but he's right in Crawler's face right now mm. we're in the fourth round and he does look strong this looks like a fight Glenn which is going to go long it looks as though it's going to be a real grueling confrontation and I think that Crawler's got his work cut out here well I think Crawler is, is fighting the wrong fight really he's head to head and he's he's now got Jordan back against the ropes himself and he's, he's gone for a, he wants to have a, a fight of it, and I think really he needs to he needs to use his boxing skills yeah. a little bit. Use be a little bit more cagey. Well, mm. he was looking good in the first round, Alan, yeah. where he was getting in and out mm. using his footwork, and now he's looking, as Glenn says, as though he wants to go and have a brawl with him. And I'm not convinced that against a, a proven strong guy who's coming in on the back of eight straight wins coming into this, I'm not sure that it's the right tactics. But we'll see. You know, I mean, Joe Joe Gallagher is a great student of opposition, and they'll have looked at this guy long and hard. Uh, we'll keep you across that, no question. Um, it's coming to um, a climax of the fourth round, so we'll keep you across Anthony Crawler's efforts tonight against uh, Dowd Jordan. Um, re- referring to Floyd Mayweather this week, Glenn, um, he does put a smile on my face, does Floyd. Um, over the last couple of years, or even maybe a little bit longer than that, because obviously all the things that went on around the Manny Pacquiao fight being five years too late, and then we got the Conor McGregor knock mm. last week, uh, last year, should I say. I thought to myself, all right, fair enough. You can make money 
any which way you wish, my friend. Mm. But let's call it a day now. Let's you know, let, 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 let's call time on it. And this week was just an absolute farce out in Japan, wasn't it? <laughs> Completely. And I, I mean, he's had such a fabulous career, you know, beating so many great, great champions, Mayweather. But it's just, you know, can you just go and retire, please? <laughs> <laughs> he's he surely made enough money, yeah? He must have made enough money to then just go, do you know something, that's it. But I think, or does he need a few quid? But <laughs> you look at all the great, all the greats in, in history who have, who are, it's so hard to walk away. Mm. And, you know, he's hanging on to, to, to anything that he can, you know, and of, of, of his heyday, of, of, of him being a champion. It's tough. You know, obviously the big paydays, mm. you know, all of a sudden they, they're not coming in and yet his spending will be as ex, uh, extensive yeah. as it's always been. Um, so he'll be looking for other ways to capitalize. And, you know, I mean, he did the Conor McGregor fight, which, you know, which... He just pulled the wool over everybody's eyes completely and got away with it. So I think he's looking for for his next his next little trick. But mm. I think that's 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 probably going to be that's going to be hard. I don't think people will fall for it again. Mm. You know, we saw the best of Mayweather, and your know, great career. Just um, say goodbye, Floyd. Uh, for those that don't know too much about this, what happened was is that Floyd went over to Japan, um, and he well. What we were led to believe is that he agreed to uh, take, take part in a, a fight with uh, a Japanese kickboxer by the name of Yashin. This guy is 20 years of age. He's undefeated. He is ferocious. However, he does wear two stone lighter than Floyd. So it, it just all seemed a little bit odd. This all broke on the early hours of uh, last Monday morning, so Sunday night um, into Monday morning of the week. By Thursday, once Floyd had returned home to uh, America... Um, he basically said that he was blindsided by uh, the press conference. <laughs> I mean, who turns up at a press conference, <laughs> announces the big fight, and then turns around and says, not for me? I'll tell you what, I think for once he miscalculated. You know, whatever you say about Floyd over his career, great boxer, fantastic boxer. One, He is one of the best of all time, unquestionably. But he's also been a fantastic matchmaker. Yes. And I think that he miscalculated with his, this guy. And a few people had a little word in his ear and said, you know, you let this fella kick mm. and you are going to lose big time. Mm. And uh, and I think maybe he had a look at it and maybe thought this isn't the wisest move for a man of 41. Mm. Um, there were rumours that it was gonna, uh, he was getting paid $88 million. I'd take a kick in the head for $88 million. No bother. <laughs> you see the way this fella kicked? He's pretty frightened when he gets his, his kicks across. It's a different game. And I think I think John's right. I think he just gave himself a shake and, and, and said, you know, maybe not. Eh? <laughs> what, what seems to be the fascination with these... These these crossbreed fights. I mean, we saw Muhammad Ali go over to Japan and fight a Japanese wrestler. Money. Like, well, yeah. Is that it? He took the last one against Connor because there wasn't. He was more likely to get hurt getting out of the car yeah. on the way into the arena than he was in the fight. <laughs> I mean, that was the biggest con job in the history in the history of history pugilism. Of con jobs. You know, it was just it was just massive. And and anybody who knew anything about boxing. You know, knew that was what was going to happen, and he carried him. Mm. He carried him. You know, and he could have taken him out at virtually any stage he wanted, and Julie did do. But he made the pair of them made a vast amount of money, and good luck to them. You know, that it, we're in show business. That's part of the game, and they sold it brilliantly, and they laughed all the way to the bank. But do it once. I don't think they get away with it twice. Well, that's the thing with Floyd, isn't it? I think his love 
As we, we were speaking earlier on about Anthony Crawler, Ricky Burns. I think their love is actually for the game, isn't it? I think they want greatness within the game. They're, 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 obviously, they want to get paid, but they're trying to do X, Y, and Z. There is nothing left for Floyd to achieve anymore, no, is there? But, He's done everything. But, but by I think doing, he likes to taste by the cash. Doing, I think he does, <laughs> but by doing this, it's still in the corner of your mind. You still think maybe he'll come back again. Maybe he'll do you know like so many fighters did mm. and come back and take... And tarnish his career by taking a, a, another fight against a, a top, a top champion, and and it not being there well, because the, the, he's the, he's obviously tempted. Mm. He's obviously still. You know, well, he's talk, missing. There's he's talk missing of it. Pacquiao part two, isn't there? There's well, talk of that. Before he fought McGregor, the IRS, the American tax authorities, were on to his back for a massive, massive mm. uh, unpaid tax bill. And the word was that they took a huge amount of the, what was it, 250, 300 million or whatever he got for, for fighting McGregor. They took a vast chunk of that. And as, and as Glenn has alluded to, you know, he lives like a, an Arab prince with his, mm. with, his, with his private jets and his Bugatti Veyrons, etc., etc. And I, I, think, I think like everybody else, you know, when you look at boxing, why are they doing it? I think the reason he's doing it is because to maintain his level of life, his lifestyle, he needs to do it. Mm. He needs to have a fight. But often the, the, the big sports stars in America live extravag extravagantly. You know, I mean, I've seen that, you know, they've got garages where with 25 cars in and, 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 you know, and then that's what they that's what they do. But Floyd has, has made a, a living out of. You know, showing us pictures of, of yeah. him with with you know like millions of pounds yeah, yeah. on on his lying on his bed and going in the bank and withdrawing suitcases full of. But there's also you know Mr. IRS. You know he's sitting watching all that as well. You know and he's sitting looking, and sooner or later they come and say, "We'll have a bit pay, of that. Can you pay this bill?" <laughs> and you know Yo. we've seen it in the past with fighters that you know Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, fighters that you made tremendous amounts of money. Who end up losing it all? Mm. Uh, we're uh, going to talk welterweights uh, next on the show. Obviously, Kel Brooks announced his fight and opponent coming up on December the 8th. We'll speak uh, Amir Khan. Uh, Mikey Garcia and uh, Errol Spence having a little bit of a go as well at the, in the new year, which should be mouth-watering. And we'll get you across everything that's happening at the Manchester Arena where Anthony Crawler's in the ring at this moment in time against Daoud Jordan in a world title eliminator. It's all coming up next on Fight Night. This is TalkSport. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive & June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive & June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. 
until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Fight night with Adam Catterall on Talk Sport. Hey, you listen to Fight Night on Talk Sport. Before we have a little bit of a chat about uh, welterweights, John, give us an update on this. This is an absolute cracker, isn't it? Yeah, really good fight, this one. Anthony Crawler against Daud Yordan, the Indonesian. Halfway stage, six rounds, and I've got it three to Crawler, two to Yordan, one level, and Yordan may well have taken that one as well. That was the third round. And there was just one point in that last round, in the sixth round, when Yordan planted a terrific left hook underneath the right elbow of Crawler, and it looked as though Crawler momentarily, as though his his gloves went down, as though he sagged slightly back onto the ropes. Referee Michael Alexander's already told Crawler off on three or four occasions for going in behind his head, but it is a really well-matched tussle, this one, and looking as though it could go all the way to the wire. I think this has got a 12-rounder written all over it. It's a really tough fight, and as Glenn said, I think Crawler probably needs to box a wee bit more than he has been doing in the last couple of rounds and try and use his mobility. Don't just stand in front of this guy and trade because he's got a bull-like strength. Mm. Uh, we'll keep you across this, no question. It's a cracker between Anthony Kroll and Dal Jordan. Remember, it's a WBA eliminator. The winner of this gets Vasil Lomachenko. There you go. Uh, do stick with us. Now, um, I think it's only fair that we uh, talk well to weights, uh, shall we? And Don McGuinness has been catching up with Amir Khan. The main event is nearly upon us now. Yeah, Firstly, no. just tell us what you think is going to happen. You sick value? I think it's going to be a brilliant fight. First of all, I think Uzek is a great champion. Uh, he, I don't think he's fought anyone like uh, Bellew. Um, Bellew has the experience uh, under his belt, and I think he's a better fighter. But I mean, let's see what happens. This is boxing, boxing, anything can happen. When you're you know, getting so much demand for pictures here, your popularity hasn't weighed much. But again, I know a name that keeps getting mentioned. And you, Kel Brook, bring him on. Brooke. Listen, bring him on. I'm telling you, bring Kel Brook on. I'm ready. My next fight, I want Kel Brook. I mean, all this talk about him wanting to fight me, and then he goes on and takes on a, 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 strip, a stripper. I mean, I'm, that's not the truth. The guy's fighting is a stripper. So I'm like, pull out this fight in December 8, and let's take the fight on between me and yourself. Let's take this fight on in March, April time. I'm ready. I'm waiting for you, Kel Brook. Let's make this fight happen. I'll let you go. You're looking sharp. The beard looks good. Everything beard looks, looks good. Mustache looks good. I feel great, and I'm ready, man. Bring Kel Brook on good, and bring whoever on. Good, man. <laughs> Too much talk going on with this fight. Let's just get the fight on. What, what, what is the delay? I'm not sure. Well, to be honest, I think the the delay may well have been Amir because he was looking at other fights, wasn't he? Mm. But it sounds now like he's opened his mind up to that possibility and, and, and he wants it. So I think that fight should not be no problem whatsoever to make. The other the other fights uh, that Glenn's referring to there, obviously, I think he was chasing Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao is going to be fighting Adrian Bronner in the new year. Obviously, Floyd was fighting a kickboxer. Uh, God knows knows what he's doing next Uh, so therefore the avenues kind of dried up a little bit and I think British fight fans and even world fight fans to an extent want to see Amir Khan versus Kel Brook now Kel Brook as he's just mentioned there Amir um, is fighting on uh, December the 8th it's in Sheffield and he's taking on a guy called Michael Zarafa who has in his time done a little bit of modelling and Amir there just referring to him as a stripper Um, you you, you, you would fully anticipate Kel Brook to come through that I think 
with with there not being a title on the line for this fight, I think the the most fair way of going about it would be to make it at some type of catch weight. But I can't see that happening. I think Amir Khan's calling all the shots and he wants it at 147 pounds because he knows full well about that getting Kell Brook down to 147 pounds gives him that advantage. Well, I mean that that's a smart thing. Of course, that's a smart thing for 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 Amir to do. But but also, you know, I mean, if if Kell gets in the right mind frame, you know, he. he he was one four seven for so long, mm-hmm. you know. So there's nothing stopping him you know, with the right training and the right diet and nutrition, making that st- strongly as he has in the past. So, um, you know, but I think we, I'm not sure really what's happening with um, with Kell Brook regarding trainers mm. with Dominic Ingle. I'm not sure if they, if they, I don't know if John's got any more light on that. But to well, Johnny Nelson, they'd said that they parted ways for this next fight they have John, they? John Fuchs is looking after him isn't he over, yeah. in, uh, over in Fuerteventura yeah. and getting him ready over there yeah. in the Canary Islands well we know the hardest thing is for Kel is about getting him in the mental frame of mind for a fight that's mm-hmm. and keeping an eye on him and you know he needs to be you know he needs to be guided along a little bit and kept motivated because you know he, he can lose a bit of interest in training so, so this fight's going to be important for Kel to make sure he comes through because there is a great, you know, there's a big, big fight ahead of him with Amir Khan and I think we all want to see that fight. We, we just want to see the thing, don't we? You know, I mean, let's, <laughs> let's be honest about it. In his last fight, Amir was not good. Mm. It was a fight which the, his opponent, it was supposedly handpicked for him yep. to make him look decent and he made very heavy weather of it and there were moments when he looked as though he was going to be taken out. Kel Brook, likewise, has had a couple of bad defeats uh, you know, I mean, this fight should have happened three or four years ago for reasons which are well, pretty well documented. It didn't do egos, uh, promotional difficulties, whatever. But it should have happened before it did. Now they're both at the at the tail end of their careers. For goodness' sake, let's just get it on. Do well, you that's, do that's you what fear makes it still a, still a good fight because yeah. they're both in the same sort of place? Absolutely, yeah. So, but so do you do you fear? Is... I mean, we had this narrative quite a lot with Ricky Hatton and Junior Witter, didn't we, for such a long period of time, and that didn't necessarily play out. Do you fear that we might not get to see it? Yes, yes. I mean, you know, if if there's a slip up. On, on December eight, we might not. Mm. So you know, we really want this fight. We want this fight to happen. Mm. Hopefully, we'll get that at the start of uh, next year to kick off uh, another uh, bumper year of British boxing. Just on a, on a world level, in that uh, 147 pound division, there's some absolute killers in there. I don't think any of us here are going to sit there and say that Emir Khan and, and Kel Brook are going to challenge at that level once again with the current crop of talent that he's still knocking about there. But you've got to admire. Mikey Garcia. Now, Mikey Garcia is obviously a multi-weight world champion. Um, I think he still currently holds a belt at 135 pounds. I think he relinquished one at 140 pounds. And now he's decided, you know something, I'm going up even further. I'm going to go up to 147 pounds and take on arguably the best of the lot. Errol Spence Jr. for a lot of people in that, in that division, a lot of people would argue that he's the man. You've got, to, you've got to take your hats off to Mikey Garcia to, for, for daring to be great and trying to, to become a welterweight king as well. Well, you know he's he is a terrific fighter. And, oh, absolutely! You know, all his challenges before him, you know, he 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 goes past them all. He's 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 great, and I think you know he wants to challenge himself. You know, you get you know you get great great fighters like that who can, you know, in the smaller divisions they can make that 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 move through the weights and pick up numerous numerous belts, and he's he's certainly one of them. Pacquiao being a, a prime example, but you know, I mean, he might have taken on more than he can cope with this yeah. time. Spence, we've seen, is special and he's big as well, isn't he? 
he is big and he is good, but you would never rule Mighty Garcia out of anything. But it, it, what a what a what a mouth watering oh, matchup! What a it, fight! The the amount of great fights that could be made at 147 pounds absolutely has me on the edge of the seat because we've not even mentioned the likes of Terence Crawford. There, he's personally mine in that division. I know Spence Jr. is the boy, but I personally would go with Terence Crawford. You've got Keith Thurman. You've got uh, Sean Porter, who's the WBC champion. And they can have their own World Boxing Super Series between them boys, couldn't they? Do you know, I mean, that, what we've got, you know, because the, the game has, has, you know, it's, it's so much bigger. It's so much on the world stage now. You know, we're getting... We're getting divisions that are just crammed with talent. We talked about the the cruiserweight division yeah. earlier on, and and you know the welterweight division. There's so many lightweight divisions. There's so many divisions that are crammed with talent. Mm. Let me just bring you up to date on the fight which is going on at the moment, Crawler and Jordan. We've now had eight rounds completed, and I just got the impression in the last round that Anthony maybe has taken the best that Jordan can throw at him. Maybe Jordan was just taking a breather, but we'll see. But unquestionably in the last round, Crawler was outworking him and getting more success as a result of it. It's been a close fight, a competitive fight. But when you look at the two guys in the corners, Jordan certainly looking the more bruised, the more marked. And this might now be starting to go Crawler's way. Are you, at, at this moment, do you have it very level? I've got it pretty close, but I think that Crawler's starting to come on strong and we're into the ninth round now if he if he takes it from here on in crawler's going to win this how heartbreaking must it be for Jordan? because let's be honest that's an anthony crawler crowd there and if you've thrown <laughs> the, if you've thrown the kitchen sink at him and he's not gone anywhere and the crowd are right on your back at some point your heart's going to break isn't it but it, well you know it's great that anthony crawler can be inspired by his by his crowd you know he loves he loves manchester loves fighting he's fought an awful lot uh, at, at that arena, at the Manchester Arena, and and you know he he rises to the task. And looking at this fight, you know that's what he's he's starting to do now. It looks like he might have took everything Jordan's got to to throw at him. He just but, threw a beautiful combination there, didn't he, Glenn? Left hand, right hand, and then a fabulous little left uppercut through the middle. And he's had some success with that, bringing shots up the middle. Yeah, mm. he's, he's he's so cagey. You know, he, Jordan gets through at three or four shots, and then then he just you know. He, gets himself he's back off the ropes turns them and then gets himself back on top and I mean the crowd's going to be going to be loving that Crawler's got to be an inspiration for any young fighter and I think Crawler admits this himself regarding talent to work ratio I think he appreciates that he's not necessarily the most talented of lads these are his own words but he doesn't half graft in the gym away from it he lives the life he does the whole lot and you mentioned the fight with Derry Matthews a couple of moments ago from that moment to where we're at right now if at the moment when he gets beat off Derry Matthews, you tell me that he becomes a world champion and he's fighting the likes of Dow Jordan to, for another eliminator to take on Vasyl Lomachenko, I'd have probably laughed at that particular you point. Couldn't, you couldn't write the, this script. It is uh, Anthony Collar has done fantastically well. You know, remember, this is a guy who was seriously injured yeah. and, and, you know, off, you know, lots of thought he'd never box again uh, with a, a burglary incident, you mm. know. So, I mean, he's come through. he's come through so much. And yet, you know, when you see him, He's the guy with the widest smile on his face. Yeah, he's you know, a, he's nice, nice guy. He is the walking definition of the fact that a lot of boxers really are very nice guys indeed. He's an absolute diamond. He is. And he's uh, hopefully going to come through this tonight and set up a fight with Vasyl Lomachenko. John will keep you across that. 
uh, after 10 o'clock. Do stick with us. Don't forget, the main event tonight is Tony Bell. You're attempting to become the undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world, taking on Alexander Usyk. We'll keep you across that as well. There's plenty more uh, to talk about from the world of fight sports as well. You are listening to Fight Night on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall. Fight Night with Adam Catterall on TalkSport. Uh, you listen to Fight Night on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall. Hope you are well. Tony Bell, you in the ring at the moment against Alexander Usyk. Uh, for the Undisputed Cruiserweight Championship of the World. We are keeping you abreast of that. There's been a lot of action, actually, uh, in Manchester earlier on. Dave Allen uh, came through a fight against uh, Cyril Leone. Uh, seventh round stoppage there, but it wasn't the most attractive of fights. Dave Allen nodded his very, very best, but a win's a win and he moves on. Um, Josh uh, Kelly took on uh, Fabian Castillo. Um, who and Josh was levels above him finishing him in the first round he moves on to a cracking fight on the undercard of Kel Brook uh, on uh, December the 8th Josh Kelly a very talented young man who we expect big things from Ricky Burns and Scott Cardle uh, had a cracking little knock which uh, ended in uh, a brutal knockout uh, Ricky Burns getting the victory there in the fourth round over Scott Cardle and he eyes down uh, a rematch at some point maybe with Anthony Crawler who came through his fight in fantastic fashion against Dow Jordan a really nip and tuck early doors fight six rounds it was going either way and then Anthony Crawler's engine took over he put his foot down and really came good in the championship rounds uh, taking uh, a points decision uh, 116, 112 on all uh, three cards there and sets himself up a fight with uh, Vasil Lomachenko who is the WBA champion that was an eliminator for that belt uh, and hopefully Anthony Crawler uh, can get that fight made and fingers crossed he can get that fight made in the UK so us three uh, can go uh, ringside and have a little bit of a sit and watch uh, <laughs> yeah. some fantastic some fantastic action um, tonight it is uh, Tony Bowie versus Alexander Usyk Usyk is uh, Lomachenko's mate and a lot's been made of Usyk building up to this fight we know how good this guy is but he's not necessarily showing it at this moment in time, is he, Glenn? He's not. He's um, doing a little better in this round. He's managed to push Bellew back against the against the ropes, but he's a little bit, you know, he's he's he's, he's falling short with his punches, and he's not, you know, really rocking the head back. Certainly, you know, hasn't been dominant. And Tony Bellew, you know, has had his has had his moments in in the round as well. There was money today in the gambling markets going on Usyk. He was backed from something like nine to two on yesterday to just before the fight. He was quoted at eight to one on. Wow! And I tell you what, the way he's fought so far, I wouldn't particularly be wanting him to have eight hundred quid on to make a hundred. Mm. Although he's is coming on better in this seventh round. The sixth round definitely went to Bellew. And on my card at the halfway stage, absolutely nothing between them. And Bellew finishing that seventh round strongly. But I think on what went before. Probably working off the jab, Usyk maybe just did enough to edge that round, Glenn. Yeah, I, I thought he did. He pushed Bellew back against the ropes. He's um, he's looking to try and dominate a little bit more. And I think you know the corner of Usyk should be should be saying you know put your foot down, put your foot down. We need we need we need some big big rounds. We need to to work hard here because they, they you know they can't for a, a close fight you know. They can't afford anything like that, you know. Apart from anything else, he needs he needs Usyk. His his job will be to try and dominate. Mm. You know, he wants well, to try and capture an audience for himself. And at this moment, he's not. 
No, we said beforehand if he's going to fight, if he's going to fight Anthony Joshua at some stage in the future, he really needs to do a number on Bellew here, and mm. he is most definitely not doing that. He's got a fight on here. There's still with what one, two, three, four, five rounds still to go. There's a very real chance that Tony Bellew could still win this. Never mind, never mind Usyk putting on a a, a grandstand display to really catch the eye. Bellew's in with a real chance. Well, I'm just interacting with a couple of people that are ringside for this, and we we've, we've been in these arenas previous where we we've sometimes got the cards at the end and thought to ourselves, "Oof, that's close." And it does go with the fighter that has probably the majority of the of the crowd cheering for every single shot that they do throw because the judges can be influenced by stuff like that, Glenn. You know, if, if Tony, of course Bellew, they can. Even of if Tony's only can. you know being effective for thirty seconds, a minute of the round, and Usyk's jabbed his head off for two minutes of it. If the crowd are going crazy for that one minute, that might influence it, a decision. It, it, it does. It does. You know, the, the the judges can't. You know, they're human. They can't. They can't help being swayed a little bit if the crowd's going crazy. And then you know, if Usyk's landing and. It's quiet, and then Bellew lands a couple of shots, and, and the noise goes up. That you know that that catches you a little bit. You you start to get, um, and that last round was a classic case, wasn't it? Because he yep. sort of chipped away and jabbed away for the first couple of minutes. There's a nice right hand counter from Bellew, but he he chipped away, and then for the last thirty seconds, it was all Bellew. So the crowd would be going bonkers in those closing stages. And while we've said that uh, that Usyk has clearly won that round at ringside, it might look a little bit different. Mm. And going back to what you were saying a couple of moments ago, Glenn, his, his corner must be aware of that. I mean, these are tried and tested guys that have been around the world. They know the score. They're, they're, they've been in other people's backyards and they've come through and won, whether it be on yeah. points or whether it be on knockouts. Well, they'll he's picking they, it, they'll he's, know the score. He's picking it up at this at this point. He's landing with some big left hands, Usyk, and there's blood from the nose of Tony Belli. So this is the first time when he's starting to make a, a big impression and he's hurt him now. Oh, he's put him down. He's put him down, left hand, and Bellew is now down on the canvas. Left hand, he's getting the count and he, he looks very, up. very unsteady. He's it's been over. stopped. It's all over. Usyk with a left hand has put him away and the fight is all over in the eighth round that is a sensational knockout and, and to be fair we have just been speaking about a fight for seven rounds that did not at all catch fire there was a lot of chat in the in the corner of uh, Usyk's corner they've obviously told him to put his foot down and by word did he put his foot down in that round that, finish was, uh, showed, that finish was he, sensational he showed some class but it was the, it was the big left you know he was throwing left hook left hook and he was getting through and it was just started he, he started to unravel pretty quickly Tony Bellew, when he when he got damaged to the nose, you could tell those those left hands were 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 telling and were hurtful and um, were obviously having an effect. And it was a big left hand at the end that put Tony Bellew over very heavily and didn't you know had no chance of. Beating the count. It was a really competitive fight for the first six rounds, but there were signs that he was starting to get to him in the previous round. That was built on in this eighth round. And then when he got him, when he saw the opportunity, it was an absolute peach of a punch. We're watching on the screens and we'll see a slow motion replay in just a moment or two. And, to and Tony Bellew is absolutely distraught in his corner. He knows that his dream has not come to fruition and he's bitterly disappointed. He'll be feeling right now, what have I done? Who have I let down? Why have I taken this fight? But he made it a really competitive fight against a guy reckoned to be one of the best fighters in the world for the first six rounds. And for a lot of that time, Glenn, he made him look ordinary. But when that punch came to take him out, my goodness, what a shot that was. 
he did he did look ordinary for a long period of, of, of time, Usyk, but then when he did pick it up, it was done with with precision. It was a it was a very good stoppage and you know, he picked his shots, picked his shots, and then just let a couple of big ones go, finishing with a the left hand and and he went down heavily, Tony Bellew, and he's he's mightily upset as as he will be, but you know, very respectful to Usyk. He knows he's been in with a uh, a terrific champion. No, absolutely. And there is no shame in that. I mean, I'm, I can see on Tony, it's very hard to watch because Tony Bellew is absolutely distraught at this moment mm. in time. He genuinely did believe that he could go on and become the undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world. It wasn't to be tonight. And you can see, he. I think it's now dawning on him that that's the last time that we're, he's going to be in a ring. That's the last time yeah, he's going to be doing his thing. And it, the emotions are running at this moment, but there's no shame in getting beat to that guy. May that well guy's done. a monster. Yeah, it may well, may well be goodbye there. But there was a lovely moment where Usyk walked over centre ring, embraced Tony Bellew and looked out to the crowd and held Tony Tony Bellew's glove aloft, as much as to say, this guy has given everything. And you know, when you look back and assess Tony's career, it wasn't to be tonight, but from the ability he's got, from what he was given, my goodness, hasn't he made the most of it? Absolutely. Um, he, he, he climbed the mountain that big night at Goodison Park where he became uh, the cruiserweight champion. I can see now on the screen he is getting a standard ovation. He's... Uh, uh, well, both men are getting a standard ovation, rightfully so. Uh, Tony Bellew, I've no doubt, will address the crowd at some point uh, over the next couple of moments or so. And fingers crossed, we will manage to get a word with him, with Don McGuinness, who's up in Manchester for us at this moment in time. Um, because it was a horrific finish. But as John was saying, all the way through that, he was well and truly in that fight. That's probably what he's kicking himself the most about, because he was well in the fight. But he was, you know, in fairness, he was allowed to be in the fight because Usyk was fighting to his own game plan, knew what he had to do. It's unfolded before us, and when it did, you know, when he did pull the trigger um, and let the punches go, it was with great effect, wasn't it? You know, I mean, they really did, were telling punches. Rapier precision, wasn't it? He was absolutely on the button. Yep, Mm. and, um, you know, Tony went over very, very heavily. So, um, you know, he'll be he'll be upset that he got stopped, Tony Bellew, because it looked as if you know he could fiddle around and use good defence. He he was in the fight, you know, he was in the fight right till till the end. But then, in that final round, just unravelled, and it was it was big left hands, left hand, left hand. Usyk knew just when to put be, beforehand. He was he was he was. Just boxing. They were range finders. The shots were just openings. He was just trying. There was, as I said, you know, he was trying to work at the defenses, work at the defenses, get Bellew to make a mistake, and the hands to come down, and and that's exactly what what happened. So, you know, his the way he did it was excellent. And when when you look at how he he didn't allow Bellew to fight, didn't allow him to to get his shots on, and just bit by bit waited for the opportunity, and then exploded. It wasn't. You know, you look at him and you don't say, this guy is an awesome puncher. What it was was speed and accuracy. And he he unloaded. It was a classic one too, wasn't it? The straight right followed by the big left hook right onto Mm. the jaw. Down he went. And as soon as he went down, it's the ones you don't see. And the left hand, it's the hand speed more than the sheer power of Usyk. And when he got the opportunity, it was uh, pretty impressive. Mm. It was uh, an unbelievable uh, finish. We're going to be getting the, the fallout of that. As Alexander Usyk retains all his belts in the cruiserweight division, he's still the undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world. 
Um, will he remain at Cruiserweight? That's probably the next big question for him. Will he now relinquish and step up and start to look at the likes of Anthony Joshua and the other British heavyweights? Well, there's not really many challenges out there for him because he's just about beat everybody in the in the division, hasn't he? And, and pretty comprehensively. So I think he has to look for, for challenges elsewhere. You know, he sparred with lots of big men. He, he fought as a, as a heavyweight in the Olympics. Um so I think he'll be looking for, mm. for the for the big men. It's a big ask, though, isn't it, to go straight from that straight into a world heavyweight title fight. You know what I mean? If you look back at history, uh, people who've made the step up, really the ones who've done it with the greatest effect, you're not going to go straight into a title fight. He needs to have a couple at heavyweight, surely, Most just to convince himself psychologically that he's got what it takes. I, well, I think he has to, and, and you know, so far he's... You know, he, he had Michael Hunter, which uh, heavyweight fight. That was a close. Yeah. That was a close fight. So you would want to test the water. I mean, obviously, if the opportunity presented itself for a, for a world heavyweight title shot, he he, you know, he, I'm sure he'd jump at it. You know, he's got that sort of experience and that sort of boxing ability. He will think that you know he can he can outbox the big guys. He can use his speed of of foot and and his speed of hands to. You know, to box his way through it, and then he's just shown. You know, he's still, he's still got pretty good power, the way he dispatched Tony Bellew. Timing absolutely on the button. Uh, do stick with us. You're listening to Fight Night on Talk Sport. Uh, we're going to get the fallout uh, from uh, Usyk's devastating knockout of Tony Bellew in the eighth round. Uh, you're listening to TalkSport Fight Night with me, Adam Catterall. If you've only just joined us, uh, the results uh, from Manchester this evening were Alexander Usyk was taking on Tony Bellew. Alexander Usyk uh, uh, delivering a, a vicious knockout in the eighth round um, and ending the dream of becoming the undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world uh, to Tony Bellew. And uh, part of the actual chat there, Tony Bellew just addressing the crowd and addressing uh, the television uh, cameras. Glenn, he basically made the comparison between a world-class fighter and an elite fighter. There are there are levels to this game, and there are a, a certain handful of characters out there that you can put in that elite bracket. And Usyk, even though he might not have showed it for six rounds, he definitely showed it in the finish. He did show it, and, and you know, obviously, as a as a fight fight, you want to see a tear up. You know, that's obviously that's that. But as a, as a winner and as a special talent. Yeah, you know that's not necessarily what how you go about your job. You know, at the end of the day, you know he knew what was in front of him. He knew the dangers that Tony Bellew possesses. What he had to be, what he had to be afraid of. What he had to be wary of. And that's what he did. You know, he systematically just chipped his way in, chipped through the defenses, um, to the point where you know he started to land with a couple of one twos, couple of one twos, and it, it looked you know the. the Tony got some damage to the nose, and from that mm. from that moment, he sent straight away. He must have felt the he must have felt the power has subsided now. You know the the fire isn't as as isn't burning as brightly. Um, now's my moment, and to have a finish as quick as quick as that when he's finally put his foot to the pedal is is pretty impressive, isn't it? Mm. You know. So um, yes, he wasn't he wasn't all fire and action early on, but as a boxing demonstration. That was class. It was class. And it was, you know, something I know that obviously we have uh, a lot of affection for uh, Tony Bell here on TalkSport. He's been on this show on many occasions. We've followed a lot of his fights. We've uh, commentated on uh, fantastic nights against David Hay and the like. 
and he has climbed the mountain on many, many occasions. This was just one step too far against a very, very elite, cool operator. I think Usyk, with the way that he went about that fight, has just gained an awful amount of fans here in the UK, and that was mission accomplished for him because I think that's what the whole aim of him uh, being involved in this fight was for. It was. I mean, he wanted the profile. He wanted the... The, the 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 position to show what he could do and he did show that and yes you know the fight didn't didn't ravel out the way we wanted it to but it raveled out the way he wanted to it was exactly you know he uh, you know he'll he'll like he'll think he that was a, a, a well a really well schooled plan he did mm. that did that excellently and when he got the finish the finish was spectacular and at the end of the day you know the fans you know obviously don't want to see Tony on on the wrong end of it but they want to. They like to see fighters that can can box, and then they can put their shots together and get the finish. And that's that's what that's what put bombs on seat, isn't mm. it? That's what sells in boxing, and and he's got it. We saw it a couple of weeks ago with uh, Terence Crawford, the way that he went about his business, a fantastic boxing display, but still went sniffing uh, for that victory uh, in the twelfth round. And that's what the elite do, don't they, John? You know, they they can outbox and outbox. It's it's. They set traps and they wait for the right moment. If that right moment comes in the first round, they'll take it. But yeah. you know, they they take their time and they took the he took his time tonight and that opportunity popped up in the eighth round and he didn't let Tony off the hook. It was a chess match, wasn't it, in the early stages? And um, well, we we were talking during the during the fight that Carl uh, Froch had it to Tony Bellew at the halfway stage. He had him ahead. Uh, we had I, I actually had it level, and I think Glenn had it by a round, but to, to to Usyk. But it was it was that sort of fight for the first six. But then he just started to get to him in the seventh round. There were signs that he was starting to just step in behind his jab and starting to land a few more hurtful left hands. And yeah, when he got the when he got the opportunity, it took him out pretty clinically. And that's the measure of a really good fighter. And you know, Tony Bellew saying there's world class fighters, and I suppose. Tony Tony has the right to say that he's a world class fighter after what he's after what he's achieved. Mm-hmm. And then there are real elite level fighters. And Alexander Usyk is one of the pound for pound outstanding fighters in the world today. And he showed why. It wasn't the most eye catching first six rounds, but when he got the chance in that eighth round, it was clinical. Mm. Well, let's hear from Tony Bellew. Um, he's been speaking uh, to Sky Box Office. Let's hear what he's got to say. I tried my best. I gave it everything I've got. Make sure you clap him, because he's an exceptional fighter and he deserves all the awards in the world, man. Alexander Usyk is a great, great champion. And I lost to one of the pound-for-pound best that's ever done. He's fantastic. He beat me fair and square. I have no excuses. He's an amazing fighter. Alexander. 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 He is a great champion. The greatest man I've ever shared the ring with. Thank you. He deserves all the success in the world. I only wish you greatness. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Manchester. Great breed, and I love you. Thank you. Alex, if you can stay, I'm just going to finish with Tony and we'll come to you as the victor. Rachel, sorry to, sorry to interrupt this. You were ahead. You were ahead on two of the three scorecards. You seem to grow tired. Uh, no, I tried to go for it. I tried to get him because I thought I might have been behind, but I don't know, man. I don't even know what round it was. What round was it? Eight. Yeah, it's only eight, man. There's so many more to go, but I don't even know what he caught me with. He's a brilliant fighter. It's so hard to 
pin down and then when you nail him, he's good at it. He's exceptional, man. He's Olympic gold medals, European amateur world champ. He's done everything. I fought the very, very best. He's just better than me. Just accept it, man. You come up against great people in life and sometimes you lose, you've just got to accept it. Alexander Usyk, his pound for pound material, man. I've got nothing but great things to say about him. He's the best I've ever fought. Really nice words there and quite... It must be a, a difficult time for Tony Bellew at this moment in time because I think he knows that that is it. He's going to be calling it a day on his career and for him to remain such so level-headed at the end there and obviously put it all into perspective in such a cool, calm way after such a devastating knockout, because it was devastating, he was out cold, um, struggling to get back to his feet. I think that says a lot about him and his understanding of the of the game of boxing. Well, I don't think anybody that knows Tony knows he's a nice lad. You know, that, that always comes through. I know he, he can talk, he can talk the talk and, you know, portray himself and, you know, talk, talk good fight talk. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, everybody likes him because he is, he's a genuine, genuine nice guy. Mm, he is. Um, regarding Alexander Usyk, there's, I think them two are going to go for a pint. There's a little bit of a loving going <laughs> in there now, in there. I think that's what we like about this game, isn't it? Because we saw it a lot with Josh Taylor last week in his fight with Ryan Martin. I think he does it with every opponent. Josh Taylor offers him out for a pint after a, they've had a little bit of a knock. And there is... He's Scottish, isn't he? <laughs> it's, very, is... it's very rarely, isn't it? <laughs> it's very rarely that animosity continues after yeah. a fight. You know, Once it's sorted out... Uh, Fighters, fighters lay each other bare, don't they? And there's no, there's no, there's no bull up there in the ring. You know, you've got to, you've got to lay it on the line, as Tony said repeatedly. And he did that tonight. And I think he did as well as he could. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be coming away from that with regrets. It's not. It wasn't a what if performance. It was Tony Bellew actually for the first six rounds doing better than many people thought he was capable of doing. But then you saw why Usyk is so special. We didn't see it in the early stages, but we saw it later on mm. and that and you know and, and that respect afterwards was lovely to hear and that's the way it should be mm. um up on two of the scorecards as we heard there the official scorecards had there uh, tony bell you two up and to be fair even here in the studio we had draws on one card we had uh, bell you up on another card we had Usyk up on another card it was a very very difficult fight up until that point to score wasn't it because there wasn't there wasn't a great deal of action it was it was pretty disappointing you know, if if you're after, you know, obviously it's it's Bill. It's it's an undisputed world champion. You know, you want to see you want to see greatness, and you know what he did was you know what he does do, and that's superb boxing, superb boxing. You know, you see the same from Lomachenko, but mm. then you know what what makes the 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 top class fighters are the ones that can just up the game when they see the opportunity. And the opportunity presented itself in a split second. Straight away, he knew Bellew had. Was getting hurt a little bit, up the tempo, you know, about three, four punches and out cold. Mm. Um, do stick with us. We've got about 15 minutes left uh, of the show. Hopefully we're going to be speaking to Dom McGuinness, who's at uh, uh, the arena in Manchester to get all the uh, post-fight analysis um, from the undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world contest tonight between Alexander Usyk, who prevailed with an eighth-round knockout of Tony Bellew. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 